Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cappy Productions. Just going to take a moment to interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to introduce you a show called Translating Love. I played their uh, promo last week on the show, but in case you missed it, here it is again. Hey, everybody. This is Danny. And Boyfi. From the podcast Translating, Translating Love. Love. And yes, we know what you're thinking. Another relationship podcast. However, since I am from the U.S., And I'm from Austria. We think that there is a unique twist on the genre. With relatable topics and interesting guests, we're trying to provide some helpful insights, give helpful tips, and also make you laugh. Our topics for translating love include mental health, trauma, anxiety, long-distance relationships, being married, sex, and many other subjects concerning all types of relationships, not only romantic ones. And our goal is not to only strengthen our bond and spend more quality time together making translating love, but also to try to be more mindful, learn new things about these topics and ourselves, and become more well-rounded human beings. Therefore, we also talk about subjects that are important to talk about and relatable in this day and age. You can listen to Translating Love on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. I got to tell you, I love the concept of the show, and I think that they are just fantastic people. So check it out and back to the show. Hello, and welcome back to The Conquest of Bliss. I am here with Toby Morrell of The Bad Christian Podcast, and we're going to talk about well-being and happiness as, as we do here. So how are you today, Toby? I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. So you're, you're there in, in Illinois, and it's raining there too, you said. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I, I don't mind. The, I love it. Like We lived in Seattle for a while. Coming from South Carolina, you'd have like big thunderstorms and then you get out to Seattle and they didn't really have thunderstorms. It just always just drizzled. And so I used to love the rain and overcast days, but Seattle kind of got it out of me. Now that I've left there, I start to enjoy them again. So a little bit of overcast, a little bit of drizzle. That's kind of a nice day. I like that. And, and is there a lot of thunderstorms there? In Illinois? No, not so far. I'm trying to remember. I haven't. I mean, we've, li- we've only lived here a little under a year. So I'm sure they have. I mean, Seattle would have one occasionally, but I mean, like in the South, like South Carolina growing up, there would always be summer thunderstorms. It'd just be like unreal. Kaboom, wow, trying to light it out and stuff for about, you know, especially in the summer, it was hot and humid for about, you know, 10 minutes and then go away and it was the hottest. Then the sun would come out and be the hottest thing ever. (laughs) So much humidity and stuff. And so uh, I'm used to thunderstorms and like them, but I haven't really heard too many here, I guess. Yeah, Missouri, Missouri had thunderstorms and I remember I was shocked because like where I live is pretty close to Seattle as far as like places in America goes. And so like we get and I actually I really enjoy the rain. I feel it like I mean, this is going to sound so silly, but I feel like it's very cleansing. And I say silly because it's like so on the nose. But like when I walk through the rain, I just feel very free. Like I'm, you know, I'm like, I know I should hate this, but I love it. And it makes me feel like a rebel to to walk in the rain, even though I know it's going to be a mess later. Um, and it makes you feel a little young again, too, or you're younger, you know, at least for me, because I now I'm 45 and I just like my kids don't mind playing out in the rain some and stuff like that. I like that. It, they realize that it's just water. As you get older, you forget that it's just water and it'll dry and all that stuff. It, like it, you don't want to get wet and you run in from your car to the grocery store or whatever. It's nice to not do that sometimes. Yeah, like that makes me think of something that I think about often and don't talk about that much. And that's kind of the difference between childishness and childlikeness, and those are the terms I use, but like, 
I feel like a lot of people make um, maturity this sort of like this idol, this thing that they they reach for the pinnacle of success is to be super, super mature. And I think that a lot of people, when they have kids, start to remember the idea that, hey, actually being childlike is really fun. Like they have curiosity and they have un, like unconditional love, like truly unconditional love and an interest in things that we forget. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, that, I mean, also your kids are, you know, awful and don't listen and drive you insane, but, uh, you start to remember that like, uh, you it's easy to forget that you don't really know much. Like as you get older, you, you have these responsibilities. So you start thinking, you know, a little bit more, well, because you know, you have to pay the bills and you have, you know, you got your rent or your mortgage and your car payment and your phone and you, you know, you have all, uh, you know, your healthcare and uh, all this, and then there's lives under you. So you have all this responsibility that takes away being goofy and the, the fun aspect of life sometimes. And so then when you have kids and there's these moments where you're like, oh, wait, they are just, they don't know anything hardly about the world <laughs> and they're just cutting up and they don't have that responsibility yet to not do that or something, you know, or to, you know, not, not be goofy and dance in your driveway when your neighbor walks by, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that, where you're like, Oh, it doesn't matter how you look as much and you can just have fun. And so, yeah, it's, it's nice being around kids and uh, getting to experience a little bit of that. Yeah. They, they don't have the same weight that we're carrying with us and the pressures on everything. Right. Um, so like, I mean, I'm not a parent yet, hopefully, hopefully one day. I mean, um, but my, I guess my question would be like in your journey, you know, through parenthood, I know the first part, you don't really have that as much because it's all responsibility because this person or people are just like, you just have to make sure they're alive, right? <laughs> they stay right. alive and healthy. So like, at what point, like, do you remember the moment that you just kind of like saw that again and, and got that back, that carefreeness? Um, I, honestly, probably one was, uh, we were just talking about this the other day, my wife and I. So we had our first with uh, our our first was Ruby and uh, and then we our second was Ike and um, I can remember R Ruby was just so sweet and I mean she slept through the night pretty early on and was just great just a, such a <laughs> great kid and fun and and then Ike comes along he's this big butterball that's just goofy <laughs> and uh, you know and, and kind of jolly as well and uh, but he so this was probably gosh let's see. I'm going to say he wasn't even a year old yet, I guess, uh, if not, maybe, maybe a little over a year, but, uh, he, he was in his crib and we heard him just, it was early in the morning. We just heard him dying laughing. He was just laughing <laughs> and it was really funny. And Jess and I just looked at each other and we're like, man, he's so happy this morning. That's just so great. He, uh, you know, it made us so happy. Like just hearing your, your child in another room, just laughing. And we knew that, you know, uh, him and Ruby were in the same room, but we didn't hear Ruby. So I didn't know if they were playing together in some way, even though they were so young yeah. or something. And I was like, okay, uh, <laughs> let's go in there and see what they're up to. We were just so happy. We opened that door and he had, uh, can you cuss on this podcast? Yes. He shit everywhere. <laughs> and he was playing with it. He was pl I mean, he was doing, and he, I mean, it was on his teeth. He, you know, he tasted it. He was just, it was a toy that he had found early in the morning. And just, you know, I mean, it looked like just paint, brown paint all over him or something. Like it was just unbelievable. And so we went from this moment of, Oh my gosh! Look, this is look at this family moment we have. We're here. We are. Our two kids are in there. Our little boy is laughing. To <laughs> no, <laughs> no, and and I say that all that in the moment. It was so horrific that I, you almost 
you you had to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> this human that you had created was playing with his own doo-doo. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and really loving it because he didn't know. Of course it was a toy. To him, it's not doo-doo to him. It's a toy at that moment. You know what I mean? He wasn't even thinking that way. And so I think even like that one, that was one moment where I was like, oh, he doesn't know stuff about the world. And so stuff, doo-doo can be really fun. Yeah. Now, now, you know, it's something, oh, you know, you, you want to stay away from it or it's, it's dirty. It obviously, you know, all the things we can think about poop. Um, but <laughs> for him in that moment, he, he knew so little about the world that he could have fun in a way that no adult, you know, most not most adults uh, would, would do that. So I thought that was kind of like a moment where I was like, oh, wow. This, I mean, it, it's just it just opened my mind to how far he will have to go and learn stuff. And then some of that stuff will be taken away from him. Obviously I don't want him to be, you know, a 30 year old that plays with his poop. That's not what I want, but <laughs> I hope he can retain some of that, uh, you know, being naive to what the world is and, and just having joy first, mm -hmm. you know, with the, you know, he had joy first with a shit in his life. So <laughs> I, uh, I really love that story. And I think, um, I think something you just said was really interesting, you know, use the word naive, well, naivety, I was going to say, but naive. Yeah. And, I think that, you know, oh, how do I say this? Like, I think that like what you guys do on, on your podcast actually is a really good example of like, I don't think you have to be naive in order to, to retain that sense of wonder and that sense of joy. I think that just questioning the rules like you guys often do goes a really, really long way in remembering that there are other paradigms outside of the yeah. one that we're fed, right? All right. So, uh yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a, a good point. Like I was thinking about the other day, uh, well, we're doing this, uh, you know, 69 health challenge. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've been, that we, we changed it la the first, not the first time, but the last time we did this, uh, we do it through our podcast and stuff. But mm -hmm. um, uh, we it was more about like the game of it and, you know, who could, whoever won them lost the most weight, you get this many points, whoever, you know, uh, did this challenge, you know, like a, a plank the longest or the most of this or what. And it was really like a game where there was real prizes to win. Mm -hmm. And we realized all of that's fun and competitive. And maybe that's something that, you know, competitors would want to be a part of in the future. We wanted to change it up this time to think a little bit more about uh, overall holistic health and, you know, not just uh, most of the time, whenever I tried to lose weight, I've always been a big guy my whole life. Most of the times when I try to lose weight, it is literally almost always physical. Mm -hmm. like I don't, I don't get much farther than that. So I, so I get rewarded when my waist goes down a little bit as opposed to, oh, wait a minute, I'm making an actual healthy change because this is the way I've always done things or this is the way I was taught or, you know, some some past, you know, mental trauma or, or something like that that was cause, causing me to overeat. So uh, one of the things is I've been thinking about is why do I do the things that I do? You know what I mean? Like uh, um, why, why, you know, I want to ask those questions like you were saying our podcast does like going against the grain going you know just asking deeper questions about myself as opposed to just what's on the surface and uh that's been kind of a, a neat experience this time through because i'm just going like well, you know wait a minute why why are you going back for seconds i mean maybe you need them just but, but yeah you know, and when i ask myself that question it's a little uncomfortable because you know that the the answer could be in my mind i just think oh well i'm still hungry or yeah i just want it yeah. But then also, when I really ask myself that, I go, oh, wait, uh, it's because I want that, you know, a certain feeling or a full feeling, and that makes me feel a certain way, maybe good, at least it seems good. 
And, uh, and if I eat more, then that means something to me because my, like my grandma used to say, uh, you got to have a victory plate. You got to have a victory plate. And that meant, uh, you know, clean, clean your plate, you know, yeah. you ate all your food. And that's still in me or something. Like I feel, uh, I actually have a little bit of a, uh, uh, regret or I feel like I did something bad, I guess, if I didn't eat all my food. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard at restaurants for me. I, this sounds so goofy. I, I know I'm on, out here on a limb, but, uh, <laughs> At restaurants, I feel like, oh, well, I paid for it. So you got to eat it all. You know what I mean? And and, it, and if not, then you take the leftovers home and you might eat them later that night even or something like that. <laughs> so all that to say, it's been good this time because I've been just really kind of asking myself personally those hard questions of why has it always been done this way, Toby? And, and what could change about it maybe for the better or what shouldn't you change? Or, or maybe it is okay to go back for seconds. That's not really the issue. The issue isn't me going back for seconds is what causes me to be bigger or you know, way more or, or mm-hmm. feel un, unhappy with my body. It's that I don't, I don't ask myself why. And then I just assume it's you know, later. I just go, well, you're just a loser or, you know, you, you're just eating because you're always going to do that or just, you know, as opposed to, no, I actually was hungry. So like, for example, today uh, I've been doing like intermittent fasting. And uh, so I haven't been eating till like one or two in the afternoon. Yeah. And, I'll, and uh, just, and it's because I've been going, well, I want to know what I, this sounds crazy. I just (laughs) realized this. I don't know if I exactly know what it means to be hungry. That sounds, that sounds crazy, but like, I know what it, I know what it means. Like I I, I understand the concept of being hungry, but for me personally, I'm always set on this time. You got to have food. You got to have food. Like I want a snack. Mm -hmm. I want a a hot coffee. I want to get this. Oh, dinner time, lunchtime, breakfast time. You know, I have all these things almost mapped out for my day. So I don't actually know. There's not really a time unless I'm way out of my schedule where I go, oh, I haven't eaten and man, I really need to. And so it's been nice this, like these last, you know, last week and this week, just going, I will eat whenever I need to eat. And it's when I know I'm going to eat and that's going to feel right. And so uh, that's, I've been doing that. So, uh, so like I said, I've been eating around two or three. Well, today uh, I got up super, uh, super early for me, you know, it was like four (laughs) or five in the morning. And um, that's super early for me too, just saying. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and so I had my coffee and by like nine, I was like, whoa, what is it? Oh, wait, I. I guess I'm a little bit hungry, but let's just see. I don't, I don't know for sure. Like, is this just Toby <laughs> wanting that 9 a.m. snack or something? You know, like, is it real hunger? And so I waited about another hour and I was like, oh yeah, this isn't going away. This is really what it is. And it was like a really nice experience because I ate food because I was hungry and it didn't, it wasn't like unhealthy or just snacky. It was, it wasn't just, it, it was thoughtful. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was mindful in a way. Yeah, mindful. Exactly. And so it felt really nice. And so I, I, all that, again, to say you're, when you were talking about asking those questions, it's been nice kind of asking myself some of those hard questions because it's a little hard, you know. That's uh, no. And, and everything you just said resonates with me so much. And it's a little bit funny to me. So I don't know if you remember, but at the end of, of the sh- when I was on your guys's show, I, uh, I said, well, you know, I used to have eating disorders. And it's so funny because I had been listening to the previous episode and there was like three minutes left. And I went back after the show and listened to it. And Matt addresses exactly that. <laughs> and oh, I was really? like, oh, and like he addresses the um, the relationship to food and, and doing the holistic approach. And I had missed that. So it was I was like, oh, I was so embarrassed because I oh, like misunderstood no. it to be more like the last time. Right. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and uh, and yeah, like that's really, uh, I think, really, really important. And I struggle with my relationship with food as well. And it's sort of a similar thing where it's like you're trying to balance 
self-discipline and self-compassion, right? Yeah. And and trying to find that middle space. And I think that what you're talking about is something that I attempt to do and sometimes struggle with the with the mindfulness and going, okay, like is this habit, is this filling an emotional need? Or am I actually hungry? And then like, you know, like as you start to listen to your body, you can sort of see these interesting patterns about say like the foods you choose, right? So like a bag of potato chips, for example, might have like, it's almost garbage, but there's like, you know, one or two nutrients in it that are really hard to find in the rest of your diet. And so your body's like, that's where we get our calcium or whatever that nutrient is. And you think that you're like wanting potato chips, but you're really looking for that micronutrient. So you can kind of yeah. see those patterns and stuff and really pull it apart and and have a, a cool relationship with your body as you start to start to do that. Um, sorry, I, I got on a little bit of a tangent myself. No, no, you, no um, you're right though. But And uh, like even like take bag of, a bag of potato chips. For me, that fulfills so much. I love that salt. I love that crunch. Like I'm a person that like I, I'll crunch ice all day. Like I just, that's just something, you know, and I want, I want something and that salt, it kind of, it just, it's some, it does something to me mentally, like you said, and I, and you're right. My body, in in some way, probably needs some of that stuff, but it's hard for me to shut it off or really listen. Like once I get going, that's the that's the thing. So, and and it is just hard. I mean, I've I've been tra- I've been training myself almost my whole life to not listen to, you know, my body necessarily and just do what feels good in some way. Like food, mm-hmm. oftentimes feels good to me. Well, and I and I also resonate a lot with the whole being raised to eat your whole plate and the starving kids in Africa line right. and yep. the whole thing. And uh, the trick I, I have a trick for you actually for restaurants though. So what okay. I do, and may, maybe it's not helpful, but like I always try to find a balance. If I if I don't know how to fix the problem, I'll find a, a, a sort of pseudo solution. Um, and so when I go to restaurants, if I'm ordering, I try to make sure I only order things that would be good leftover. And if it's not something that's good leftover, say it's like a hamburger and fries or something, I'll eat the thing that won't be good leftover first. That's, <laughs> and oh, that's cool. Fill myself up on that so that I've got like half a burger is a lot better than soggy ass fries later. Right. You know, so that I don't have the guilt, but I also don't have to overeat. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. It's my strategy. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I probably usually eat it all <laughs> while I'm there, but sometimes, you know, there'll be something, but that's a good idea. I've, I've heard people say too, like they'll, they'll take their meal and immediately put half like in a to-go box and, and just enjoy the half or whatever. And I guess it's funny because that, I guess that's the other thing. I'm a person that looks for value. So I think, oh man, I'm, I'm spending this much money, but look how much food I'm getting as a, <laughs> you know, that, that, that feels like I got a really good value sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? And so then if I got that good value, well, I'm, I need to eat it and take advantage of the, of the full value. But, um, that, I mean, it was funny, I guess with, with COVID, you know, we just quit going to restaurants. And so I realized oftentimes like at home, our, our portions were a little bit smaller and it was nicer. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like, cause you know, well, there's more over there. You can go get it. So just start with this. And so I realized, man, naturally, like if our family lived, you know, back in the day, I, we would just, probably would have just had smaller portions and it would have been normal. Mm-hmm. But now huge portions are normal to me. Well, and I think, um, I mean, I don't know if this is commonly like talked about in the States or not, but it's commonly talked about here or commonly enough um, where like America, for whatever reason, has significantly larger portions at restaurants than you would see here. Um oh, really? Yeah, like like uh like even like the sodas, like almost anything is is just it's bigger in America. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and that's something that's really interesting when I've spent time there. Um and I've always enjoyed it because it's novel. But if that were the expectation, I feel like that would sort of get more and more ingrained in me. 
you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, like, like I said, I, I find the whole question of balance and, you know, like value and, and, and all of that stuff, super, I don't know. It's, it's so complicated, but also so simple all at once, you know, like when you talk about value, something that comes into my mind is like, I try to like redefine words in like my mind. So if I'm looking at value with food, cause I have the same, I have the same issue. I was raised very similarly as far as get the most bang for your buck and, you know, right. be conservative with your money and, and all of that kind of stuff. So in order to sort of deal with that for myself, I've sort of tried to expand my definition of value, you know, um, into like a more holistic sense is like, you know, I can get two meals by getting a bigger one, you know, um, <clears throat> And then doing the splitting thing right. or things like that and sort of strategize ways that I can increase the value in my head because that's all that it really matters. It's really just yeah. how I'm perceiving it that matters. And uh, and still like so like like I said, trying to like assuage my own guilt and difficulties with things yeah. while still being able to go forward. And uh, do you have like any experience with that? Like sort of redefining like a word like success or value or things like that? Huh. Uh, I, well, success actually is a, is a good one. I think we have redefined that because I just, I, growing up, I thought success would be, you know, uh, definitely I'd have a lot of money <laughs> to be successful would be, I'd have a lot of money and be high up in a company or on, on my own company or, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was probably mostly success was at that time was money. And then growing up Christian, marriage i didn't think of as successful because i just thought you just did it Mm -hmm. you know i didn't i didn't have i didn't really have words for a successful marriage i guess it was more like you know of course you get married and your marriage will be great because you're a christian or something (laughs) and so i think now i have really changed my view on success because i just see you know i've had lots of friends um in the corporate world and do take jobs on because maybe it paid well but mm-hmm. they weren't happy and they and it wasn't fulfilling and they ended up just living their life maybe for Saturday and Sunday on the weekends or whatever. And so I I guess once we started our band Emory, um, my idea of success changed because we never, I mean, we, we've done well. We've owned our own business since, you know, close to right around 2001 Whoa. and it pays my it pays my bills. So I'm very happy about that, but we're not rich by any means, you know what I mean? Like we're, mm-hmm. we're, I'm at best probably middle class at that. I'm right there, middle class <laughs> to, you know, at the bottom of that rung. But, um, it's been nice because I realized I am happy and I'm doing something that I want to do. And so the same with my wife, you know, I told her, you know, no matter what, if, if you're ever in a job that, that you don't like, or you want to do something, or you want to make a change, I want you to be able to do that because that is what success is. It's not, your paycheck, they, you know, we, her and I were just talking about this. I, you probably heard this uh, too, but something about like at, at, after set, at, you're about the happiest you'll get making with your money and income at about $70,000 mm-hmm. a year. After that, it, you don't really get, you know, markedly more joy from, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, you just buy, you know, you move to this bracket and just buy stuff in that bracket. And so you're not really more happy or anything like that. So uh, for me, I think I've, changed our success. And, and I think my wife, Jess has too. just to, we want to be happy and want to do things that are fulfilling. And we feel like we can invest our time in because you do spend a lot of time on your job, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Your work and stuff is, is, is a huge time investment. And so, uh, success now is, am I spending time 
doing something that even if it's hard and I don't want to do it today, like today I was writing lyrics for our new record and it was just awful. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it. I wanted, uh, there was, I was sitting there going, I should just quit. I'm too old. What am I doing this band for and all that stuff? But I had to, like we were saying, ask yourself questions about food and what, what you're doing. I asked myself, well, what else would you want to be doing? Like what, mm-hmm. what's the other thing that you'd want to do? And I was like, well, and I said, do you really dislike this? Or are you just frustrated? Well, I'm just frustrated. You know, I'm actually talking to myself as a friend more than just <laughs> a voice in my head. It's like, I have to talk to Toby and, you know, bring him down a little bit. Cause it, you know, this Toby I'm talking to is really emotional and he has a lot of good traits, but sometimes his emotions get the best of him or, <laughs> you know, he gets burnt out quickly or wants to give up or something. And so I have to talk to that Toby so that we can work together in a way it's a duality in a way to, to do stuff. So I think, Success for me no longer means, uh, you know, super nice things or wealth or anything like that. It, it definitely used to. I think now it means um, doing things that I'm proud or want to invest my time in. And then mm-hmm. hopefully that brings money and income and so far it has. Yeah. And and I mean, I've been having similar experiences as far as like just the difference in in getting to enjoy your work. Like you mentioned, it's 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 like night and day. And even I also have those moments where I'm like, Oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do this drawing or I don't want to, you know, um, do this interview or whatever. And then every time I do like, like I just figure it, like, I mean, I, I don't have it quite as uh, down pat as you where I can, you know, say exactly what I'm saying to myself. Cause I talk to myself a lot in the same way, <laughs> um, but I get myself to do it. And what's interesting is almost every time, like the feeling of fulfillment and accomplishment isn't comparable to when I've worked, you know, twice as hard for eight hours to like build something for someone else. And I'm not saying that that's not valuable for other people if that's what they enjoy. But I really, really, you know, enjoy this work and it's fulfilling and it's worthwhile to push myself through that difficult right. time. And and yeah, the reason I mentioned success is because I have the same, someone asked me the other day on a different show um, what I think of success as. And to me, like I've, I've made the decision that I'm only going to define success around what I do. So if it's something external, like, you know, how much someone decides to pay me or if someone accepts or rejects me or whatever, you know, thing it is, then I'm not going to try and define success by that because it's not like, like as a concept, obviously there are successes and and failures, but um, as a concept, I'm not going to define success by that because I have no control over it. And so I'm spending all of my time and emotional energy trying to fit into things that I can't possibly fully understand, you yeah. know? Yeah. So. Yeah. 100%. I, and I'll, I'll say this too, going along, I think wrapped up in there, like I said before, I just growing up Christian marriage was just, it just was, it was going to be good because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I was, I was waiting to have sex before marriage or, <laughs> uh, you know, I was, I was going to, you know, find that godly woman who had been looking for me and I'd been looking for her and we, you know, <laughs> all that. So I just, and so I would say another term that has changed for me probably would be the word love because love I think it was very shallow for me and I didn't know it I felt it maybe even more strongly back then but I I think it was just you know infatuation or lust in a way Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to the the depth of love because now I mean and this sounds very cliche I know a million people said (laughs) this but now I, I really value like more than I do love the way love is tossed around or the way it is like, I mean, to like somebody is is so huge. Like my Mm -hmm. wife and I have been married 15 or 16 years now, I guess. I don't even know. And uh, there's times where we didn't like each other and it was bleak. And I would say during those times, we loved each other. We we loved each other. I mean, we loved each other, 
but we didn't like each other. And it, it, and it was dark. I mean, I was, there were some really depressing, very dark conversations we had, uh, heavy ones about how, did, what did we think about each other and did we like each other? Mm-hmm. And, you know, were, were we attracted to every part of each other or were some things really off-putting, you know? And we had these really hard conversations. And I think, uh, you know, and I, now with marriage, I think it's all day-to-day more. Like, not not that it's, my marriage is, you know, up or, you know, married, stay married or get divorced every day. But I think taking it more day-by-day is really been beneficial and making sure we like each other each day because you mm-hmm. can get into this schedule and this routine and this those responsibilities we were talking about earlier and you just forget to like each other and then you know the the bad stuff just like on social media the bad stuff sticks out you know a, a mm-hmm. thousand people can say a, a nice thing about you and one person goes you suck and you just you can't forget <laughs> it you know what i mean like who the hell do they think they are whatever well the same same as in your marriage and relationships you know you can do a lot of good and support each other but those little things just stick with you oh man you know she was an asshole this morning or and why can't he do this i've asked him a thousand you know those things really stick out and so i think uh we've just kind of been more and more trying um to just like each other, like, uh, you know, really be friends. I mean, I, I'd rather that, like, it, it, when, if Jess says, man, I really like hanging out with you. That's way more than her. He goes, I love you. See you later. That, that, mm-hmm. that love you almost doesn't mean anything. That's just, it doesn't mean anything. But to say, man, I really enjoy being around. It's, it's fun. Let's go have dinner together. Or, man, you know, wow, we're really laughing here together. So that is, that is so much more to me love than the love I thought that I would have in marriage and with my kids and everything. Well, and I think that that makes a lot of sense, um, even just based on like the simple fact that when someone says love, they could mean a hundred different things. And like is very specific. Yeah. So when someone says, I love you, like you don't know if they mean in sort of the, uh, the you know, like the, the Greek words for love, like the agape sense, where it's like mm-hmm. an unconditional love for your peers, which, you know, like I always close my show with I love you because that's what I mean, you know, but I've right. talked about it on the show before so people understand. But, you know, when when I say I love you to someone who I'm mad at or whatever, you're totally right. In that moment, I'm not appreciating them. I'm confirming that like, you know, like this hasn't destroyed the relationship and that's it, which is the bare minimum of of what you can, you can really say, you know? Um, So I can, I can appreciate how like has come to mean a lot more to you. I, I also like specific words, right? Like there, and there's other words too, you can use like adoration, you know, like I adore you means something very different than I love you, you know? Um, And, and I really like, I like you. Um, So before we move on to our game, I was wondering if you can let, you know, because because my show is so huge and, and your show is so small, uh, if you could let people know where to find you. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, so you can find us at uh, badchristian.com. You can find us at emorymusic.com. Um, let's see. I think we have uh, the 69X Challenge. Uh, it's probably too late to sign up for that now, but that's a really cool uh group of people that get together and challenge each other and get a little bit healthier um, over can, the course of 69 days. Can people still, uh, like, can they sign up for, to be informed for the next event? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I okay. Think, yeah. yeah. Cause I, it's super, I, I super right. cool. And especially as you guys are evolving it, I mean, I think it's definitely worth keeping your eyeballs on. Yeah. This is something that we kind of did on a whim that was just like, Oh, why don't we just try to, you know, 
see if we can get healthy. And we were just talking about it amongst ourselves. <laughs> and then we were like, I think we talked about it on a pod. And then some people were like, yeah, we'll do it. You know, so we just tried it. And now it's become something that's kind of fun. And there's going to be new layers and, and different stuff. And so it's something that we didn't see coming that's a part uh, that it's a part of our I guess not necessarily business, but as part of our world, I guess is the better thing to say the, the Emory and the bad Christian world where it's pretty valuable to us. So yeah, go, ch go check that out. Um, and that should be, that's probably it. You know, if you want to listen to our band, if you've never heard of our band Emory, you can go find us on Spotify or iTunes or something. Yeah, and, and in case anyone didn't catch the reference, yeah, Bad Christian's way bigger than the Conquest of Bliss as of the time of this recording. Um, so I was just having a, well, having you a never little, know. little laugh at myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, like I've been actually a little quick thing. Um, Bad Christian is actually, and i sorry if this makes you all awkward like it does with Matt, but um, <laughs> Bad Christian is really uh, what started my journey um, altogether, not even just the podcasting well before that. Uh, the community in Bad Christian and the BC Club really, really was a catalyst for me being able to find, you know, happiness and find a path that worked for me. So if you are exploring parts of your life, even if it's not related to Christianity, just the the conversations and the way they're had can be really freeing. So I suggest checking it out like heavily. Um, well, sorry. That's a great compliment. appreciate that. <laughs> um, so you ready to guess uh, Kiwi slang? Yeah, from, I am. From Kite. I can't pronounce it. I'm, I'm not can't pronounce it. Um, okay, so <clears throat> we will start with munted. So I'm guessing what does munted mean? Yes. Munted. Um, uh, you got mud all over you. <laughs> <laughs> it means when something's really broken or someone is highly intoxicated. Oh, as wow. in that fella yeah. is extremely munted. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what is wop wops? Wop wops. Uh, a candy? Um, I think. Okay, so I think in in uh, like America, it would be called the boonies. That's what we oh, call it here, like yeah, out in yeah, the middle yeah. of nowhere. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Cool. I always love when when slang lines up because I don't know. And when growing up, we called it BFE. Do you call it that? Oh yeah, like butt fucking nowhere. No, bum. We call it uh, bum fucking Egypt. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why. Or, yeah, we would just bum fuck nowhere. That's what I think we'd people say. just thought. Yeah, I think people thought Egypt was so far away that they, <laughs> you know you're in the middle of Egypt. Yeah, you Egypt's have no idea a, where you're at. Such a weird thing because like it wasn't until I was like an embarrassingly high age before I realized that it was part of Africa. Oh yeah. Like I always thought of Africa as like this completely distinct sort of place. I and think then, a lot of people think that. Yeah. Yeah, well, that makes me feel yeah. better. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what does ta mean? Ta. Um, hello? It means thank you. Thank you. Again, according to this website, I've never right, been right, to New right. Zealand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ooh, ooh, this one's exciting for me. Um, what's a tiki tour? A tiki tour. Uh, maybe it's like a tiki hut and you can, uh, go to like bar hopping at tiki huts. <laughs> that sounds a lot of fun. This is, this is more like the long way home. The, uh, the scenic route. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That makes <laughs> okay. Sense. We're going to do one more. Um, what is a Muppet? A Muppet? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> huh. well, I, I mean, I know what it is in America. Uh, I wonder if they got, I wonder if like Jim Henson got Muppet, the word Muppet from Australia. 
Uh, Muppet. I want to. I want to do a good guess, but I, uh, what would be a Muppet? Uh, okay, so your clue is is it was used in the sentence. He's a Muppet. He's a Muppet. Is it dummy? More or less, yeah, yeah. Really? It's an incompetent okay. idiot is the definition they gave. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I think you did pretty well because a lot of people get zero. So. <laughs> All right. Well, nice. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> Thank you so much, Toby. Is there anything you want to say before we say goodbye? No, this is great. Thank you so much, Kara. I had fun. Thank you. And to my audience, I love you. Bye. 